Hi, this is Joel Applebaum, the Chief Content Officer at ERMI, and for over 40 years, ERMI has been an industry leader in educating and informing insurance and risk management professionals. And this podcast is going to focus on agriculture and things that you can learn related to new laws and requirements for workers' compensation in New York and and other ways to get coverage for difficult risks. It is my pleasure to have Casey Roberts of Loris Insurance Consulting. Casey is one of our most popular speakers at Agricon, and um, he also is an expert commentary writer for us and uh, has been one of the, you know, top guys on the on the lineup at at agricon for how long casey oh my goodness joel thanks for having me today first of all i'm glad to be here i first i received my designation in the first class of afis designees in 2005 and i actually started teaching uh agribusiness classes in 2004 when uh, the late dr emmett vaughn was still with us and was one of the main drivers behind the establishment of this information. So I've been around a while, and anyone who's seen me uh, 15 years ago realized I actually had dark hair then, but that is a thing of the past. (laughs) Casey, well, um, you know, you're just uh, fun to attend your sessions, and I've attended some over the years, and definitely a fan favorite. What Tell me about one of your biggest mistakes as a retail agent when you got started in, you know, the agricultural business and what you wish you knew then. <laughs> so this is only 15 minutes. Huh? There's not enough time for a list of my biggest mistakes. But I will tell you the one that always sticks out most in my mind. I was working on an apple processing risk and I had studied this risk, and I knew it inside and out. And I was trying to work on their workers' comp, which renewed like in January or February of the year, and then in April or May, their package renewed. And I was working on this account, and I worked on it for six straight years. Now, you'd think after six years, someone would learn something, and I finally did. I learned that in sales, And quite frankly, when I say sales, I think implicitly and explicitly about insurance in that regard. I learned that in sales and insurance that the relationship is the key thing. And I learned that the hard way because, as I said, I worked on this account for six years. You notice I won't say that I wrote the account after six years because I did not. I didn't have the relationship with the client. I didn't have the relationship with the customer that the incumbent agent did. And so I learned long ago that if I'm going to do something well, not only do I have to concentrate on my knowledge base and what I know, what I don't know, and where to improve, but I also have to make certain that I have established a good working relationship with that individual, that company, whatever it is. Had I learned that earlier in that relationship, I wouldn't have wasted, you know, at least four years. But uh, I'm slow, as I tell a number of my students. It takes me a while to remember and learn things. <laughs> Great. And, you know, 
It's interesting. This this business is dynamic. You were talking about working on workers' compensation, and I just read the other day that uh, January 1st, New York, a big state for agriculture, is requiring workers' comp for all farms that have farm employees. And that seems like kind of a big thing and potentially a lot of implications. So um, what, what does that change for New York mean in your estimation? Oh, well, you've hit on, in all likelihood, and I have multiple favorite topics when we're talking agribusiness and farms and all things related. But one of my favorite topics and most frustrating topics in that same regard is workers' compensation. Now, you know, yes, ag is significant in New York. As an example, I just looked at some uh, data from the USDA that said, uh, in 2018, the approximate total agricultural receipts in New York were in excess of $5.4 billion. So it's a pretty significant agricultural state in that regard. But if we look at it in comparison to the U.S., where we have some $388 billion, it's not that much. So a lot of folks are going to think, well, this is New York. Who cares about ag in New York? Well, whether folks like it or not, my home state, California, right, and New York share one thing. Not only are we on opposite ends of the geographic spectrum of the U.S., but oftentimes something that starts in New York or something that starts in California does have a tendency to go and broaden itself across our nation. Now, I say that work comp is one of those topics that interests and frustrates me on the ag side for a couple of reasons. Um, as just give ourselves a little data point, in 2018, in uh, crop production, in animal production, in aquaculture, over 410 people were killed. Now that is 410 people that are no longer with us because they were working in crop production, animal production, and aquaculture. Statistically, and these aren't my statistics, these are from the USDA, we kill somewhere every year around 400, 420, 450 people in the world of ag. In addition to that, the data from the U.S. Department of Labor shows that on a basis of per 100 full-time workers, the rate of injury is highest in agriculture, forestry, fishing, and hunting at 5.3 persons per 100 full-time workers. Now, that's a national thing. We have in the U.S. approximately 14 states and the District of Columbia. Now, don't get me started about the District of Columbia and farming. It's not high on my list of places I need to go to study ag. But 14 states in D.C., now require workers' comp. 21 require what require it in a limited fashion, which means they're going to limit it based upon the number of people that you might employ or the number of person hours or man hours, depending upon how their law is written, that you're going to have people work for you. And then another 17 states have it optional. Now, this includes U.S. territories and possessions such as Puerto Rico, etc., what gets me is that if we're having 5.3 
injuries per 100 full-time workers in ag, and that's the highest incidence in the U.S. as of the 2018 numbers. But we've only got 14 states that require workers' comp. In other words, we've only got 14 states that say, if you have employees, and this is what New York's law says, and this is what California law has said for a number of years, if you have an employee and they're injured arising out of and in the course of employment, and you're an ag operator, you got to have work comp for them. I think this only makes sense. Um, these are, you know, we're talking about people's futures, people's livelihood, their lives. And if everyone, one of the basics of work comp has always been that if everyone is required to carry it, then we've got a level playing field, both labor-wise as well as financially, which means then I can, everyone can build it into the cost of their goods. One of the arguments one oftentimes hears about, well, we can't have work comp in ag because it will make our products unaffordable. Well, if everyone had to require workers' comp, for ag employees, that's gonna have a level playing field. Yes, there's gonna be some disparity in it. There always is, it's called life. But I just think it only makes sense and I, I applaud, and I don't always applaud the New York legislature. Don't get me started on that one. That's a whole different topic. I shouldn't even <laughs> go there. But I applaud them in their efforts in this regard. I think it is something that has uh, long been coming and I would wish that every state would take this step. Great. Well, I, I think that's interesting. I also know as, you know, a, an underwriter myself by, you know, history, I guess, um, that, you know, workers' comp costs can fluctuate and there are strategies to control costs. And uh, I'm sure, um, you know, we, our listeners might want to learn more about that. And uh, it, it, it's, it's great to hear. I think um, I have a question about, you know, uh, you're going to be joining us March 8th uh, of, of this year in Sacramento for the first ERMI uh, Agricon conference of this year. And uh, yep. I know that you'll probably be teaching our APHIS 5 course and, you know, presenting uh, sessions on, among other things, climate change. And um, I guess why would one of our listeners benefit by becoming um, an APHIS uh, or, or coming to the conference and, and, and taking uh, one of your, your courses? Well, I don't know if I can tell them why they should take one of my courses and have any benefit from it. That's pretty presumptuous of me. Um, but I would hope that I would bring some value. But I will say this, Joel. The thing I most enjoy about the Agricons or the APHIS designation conferences, and I know, you know, our official term is the Agriconferences, the Agricons, is that via ERMI, we are the only national conference because, we, as you said, we're going to be in Sacramento. We're also going to be later on in Richmond and in Des Moines later on this year. So we're the only national conference that is focused solely on farm and agricultural risks. We look at all things ag-related. And I just think that if anyone is going to be serious and want to enhance their toolkit of being able to work better with their customer, to build that good relationship to the customer, to bring it back around to one of your first questions, 
that attending a conference that is solely dedicated to farm and ag in, quite frankly, the largest agricultural state in the U.S. as we start in the March Army and then we end up with the other states. Iowa is a great ag state as Richmond is, Virginia is as well. It's it's a must attend. It's a no-brainer. It's it's like anything else. There's always cost, uh, you know, associated with getting better, but you can't get better without practicing and learning. Yeah, excellent. I mean, I think that that kind of brings it full circle. Is like you can build the relationship with the person, but you also have to have the knowledge and the expertise to uh, add value as well. So it's kind of a a two part thing from from that. And I I, I want to start wrapping it up here, just saying. I, the uh, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, and NASA recently proclaimed 2019 as the second hottest year on record for Earth and also the second wettest year on record uh, for Earth. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, we do hear a lot about climate change and, and, and its impact on agriculture. There's a, you know, there's a lot um, that that is written about that and a lot of maybe different opinions mention you know just just briefly you know you hear things like oh they're introducing all these wildfire exclusions and i know at conference we talk about you know potential parametric solutions i just think you know can you just give me a little bit of insight on how um big you think this impact might be Potentially, whether it's you know, the, you know, this type of information on the ag industry itself, and specifically insurance. Wow, that is that's again that's a topic for another podcast probably. But I will say this: the effect of climate change, and and as I look at it, I say regardless of cost, I'm not going to take a side on what's causing it, etc. That that doesn't matter to me, but the effect of climate change is directly going to affect farm and ag accounts. As we have hotter years, as we have wetter years, as we have the number of uh, catastrophic events that occur, there's going to be pressure on ag to respond in a positive way. As things get hotter, just think if you were dealing with a farmer and a farmer who is reliant upon labor, human labor, if you will, to uh, bring in their crops, to raise their crops. As the weather increases, as the heat increases, rather, we're going to find out that there's going to be more requirements to provide safe cooling areas and, and things of that nature for their employees, for their laborers. We're seeing, as an example, some crops that are considered in not at extreme high risk at this time, but where there was concern of some potential crops might be affected. I was, um, as as those who have attended uh, agribusiness conferences with me before and have heard me speak, and again, I apologize to them already, but (laughs) as they know, I like my wine. And I was reading the other day that a, um, a vineyard owner in the famed Napa Valley, which is renowned for its Cabernet Sauvignon, a vineyard owner is looking and has set aside a plot of land, I think it was three or four acres only, to grow different varietals 
because there is concern that if climate change increases in heat, that Cabernet Sauvignon may not grow that well in Napa. And so he's trying to look forward 25, 30 years in the future and saying, okay, if this happens, I don't want to be out of business. How am I going to respond? So this affects not just him. It's going to affect, we look at the Midwest this last year and the planting of corn and soybeans because of the severe wet weather was extremely late. And a lot of times those crops didn't grow adequately. So that affects harvest, that affects planting, that affects pricing, it affects everyone involved in agriculture, and it's going to affect agents and brokers as well as insurance carriers. So we all have skin in the game, and I think it's important for us to look at it and just say, okay, we need to be aware. What other things do we need to consider in how we do business and how we align ourselves with the various people with whom we're going to work? Great. Thanks, Casey. We really appreciate your insight on, you know, climate change. Look forward to uh, your discussion at AgriCon on it. It's clearly a hot topic, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for your time. <laughs> we really appreciate having you as a guest on our podcast. And if any of our listeners have any questions about um, l- uh, attending the conference, uh, becoming an APHIS, or, you know, just wanting to learn more about agriculture. Uh, Casey has some excellent expert commentary articles that are free on ermy.com. So thank you so much, and we'll talk to you all later. Joel, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Find out more information on our free podcast at ermy.com under the My Ermy Online button.